everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Husky Huddle Up Podcast. And we have a brand new slate of people to come and join us today. And I want to introduce my co-host and co-pilot for today, Leanne Jones-Weil. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Jana. How are you? I'm so excited to be here today. Yes, yes. And of course, we're going to talk about uh, something extremely exciting and easy to digest Engineering advising for first year. Yay! Woohoo! Yeah. You know, it's always a good day to think about how we can break down the engineering advising process. That's that's right. So we have special guests, and I'd love for you to introduce them if you can. Yeah. So today we have um, Shanae and Dan from the Engineering College. Do you want to introduce yourselves and say a little yes. bit about what inspires you about your work and working with students? Ooh. Absolutely, Leanne. I think Should- we would we would love to. And and uh, Jen and Leanne, thank you for for having us. My name is Dan Ratner. Uh, I use the he/him pronouns. I'm the associate dean for the College of Engineering, and I'm also a professor of bioengineering. And I get to work with the next generation that's going to go out there and solve all of the world's problems, which is incredibly exciting for me to be part of. And so if you ask me why I'm excited to be doing what I do, it's because I get to look at the future every day. And it is truly an incredibly privileged place to be in. Hi, all. My name is Shanae Lechtenberg. I use the she, her pronouns, and I'm the Senior Director of Student Academic Services for the College of Engineering, and I'm thrilled to be here with you all today and just have an opportunity to talk more about all the exciting things that we have happening in the college and to just really welcome parents, families, um, students, really to the Husky community and the Husky family. Um, Absolutely love the work that we get to do at the UW with all of your students and um, excited to talk more about it today. Excellent. And before we start doing that, we kind of need to know how you got yourselves to be part of our UW family. Stan, would you like to let us know, like, are you from here or did you come from the east? Where did you come from? Where did I come from? Well, I I am <laughs> literally born and raised here in Seattle and have been part of the oh. UW family from the very beginning. My my father actually moved to Seattle in 1972 to join the faculty. And so I was uh, born on and around the campus. I spent my childhood exploring this this gorgeous Seattle campus, uh, going in and out of the buildings and and, uh, really having this opportunity of a lifetime to be part of a college of experience before I even got to go to college myself. And my my first job was working in a a genetics lab uh, back in the early 90s when a professor moved up from Caltech and was hiring high school students to come and do sequencing and and science outreach. And so I got involved uh, right from the get-go and then moved away for a period of time, did some studying in California and Boston and moved back with my family then in 2007. And I've been with the College of uh, Engineering and the University of Washington since 2007. That's awesome. Also, I do remember Dr. Hood, and we have our Caltech connections. It's really nice to hear how that came about. Shanae, what about you? Are you a PNW native? Great question. Yes, I am. I um, was raised about a half hour south of Seattle in the Kent Renton area. So, um, yep, shout out to my folks down south um, who are headed this way. Yes. And um, I've had a career in higher ed over the last 15 years at an array of different institutions, primarily all in the Pacific Northwest. 
um, but I joined the University of Washington College of Engineering about a little over four years ago, now at a very exciting time in the history of our college, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, but um, that's really a big part of what drew me here was the opportunity to kind of build out this um, first year experience in engineering that I know we'll, we'll talk more about. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Sinead, it's always good to kind of hear a little bit about kind of why people, people's folks' journey a little. And we talk a lot about uh, your, where you start might not be where you end up. So we'd love mm -hmm. to hear a little bit about your career and academic journey. Um, Sinead, how did you get started to where you are today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, you know, I always really thought I would be in education in some way. I've just always really been very passionate about education, really drawn to that. Um, but it wasn't until I was a first-year student in college that I just happened to apply for an on-campus job as a peer academic advisor that I realized <laughs> this was a career field. This was something that I could, you know, really do long-term. And when I realized I could be on like a vibrant campus community as sort of part of my whole career trajectory, that was really exciting. So I feel like I've been on this path a long time because I sort of started, like I said, as a, as a freshman student myself and um, went st straight through to grad school um, where I earned my master's of education in student affairs administration. Um, and then at other institutions really worked around spaces of helping students explore their options, really think about how to make intentional decisions. Um, and really how to create community on campus. And so all of those things sort of coalesced when I came to the University of Washington and had the opportunity to kind of build out our first year experience. It's great to hear around the things of uh, the drivers of creating community. Mm -hmm. I see that every day when I talk to your team and we work with students in engineering. And so to see that resonate from your own personal journey. Dan, what about you? How how has how what was your path? My my path to engineering really came from my desire to solve problems and and like Jana mm -hmm. said, I started out looking at, at questions in genetics, which, which for me mm -hmm. connected right away to medicine. And it was this question of how can we address unmet need in health and medicine? Helping people always was something I was passionate about, but I didn't go directly into engineering. I actually went to a small liberal arts college, got a BA in, in chemistry. And during that time when I was doing my studies in liberal arts, I was also then going in the summers and doing research in chemical and bioengineering at MIT. And then after I finished my undergraduate degree, I went to MIT and got a, a, a degree now in synthetic organic chemistry there, uh, transitioned to a hospital and actually did my postdoc uh, as the one PhD in the, in the section of infectious diseases at Boston Medical Center and Boston University. And I, I was looking at really the questions that we had about how diseases worked. And, and how we as scientists and engineers can use that knowledge to combat them and, and make it easier to develop new technologies and new solutions for addressing infection and addressing really the fundamental uh, nature behind, behind disease. And, and so for me then looking at my career and where, where did my research fit? It fit very naturally in a college of engineering. It fit very naturally in the Department of Bioengineering at the University of Washington which is how I ended up here. I came to the University of Washington to specifically live in these two worlds where I have one foot in medicine. The, the, the School of Medicine has the Department of Bioengineering as part of it, but also the academic home for, for the department is in the College of Engineering. And this brings together this world of problem solvers uh, that are looking at, at humans and health and the problem solvers that look at the world and, and how we can apply tools mm -hmm. and technologies to fix things. 
And, and that brought me into engineering. And it really brought me into this space mm-hmm. where I got to work with the next generation of engineers that shared that passion and that vision that I have for they look at the world and they see opportunity. And the opportunities are in these unmet needs, unmet needs in energy and health and medicine. That's that's what just drew me into this college and why it's been such a joy for the nearly 15 years I've been back now as faculty. It seems like you've been very um, engaged. You can hear the energy of of what it is that you've been working on, even though um, it's been a while since that 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 catalyst. And I'm actually also uh, I can see how infectious uh, all of that energy is, especially within the engineering department. Um, Shanae, I you must be uh, meeting the like younger versions of Dan. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dan. That's where we're that's where we are. Right? I, I still yeah. am the younger version of me, but okay. <laughs> this is true. It's all over the it's place. True, yeah. I mean it's it is really an exciting draw to work with students who have big ideas. They see where they want to make innovation or change and um, they just want to explore what the pathways are to get them there. And so to work in that kind of environment where students have so much drive, so much passion, um, they have so much hands-on experience that they gain, um, really through all of our kind of clubs and competition groups, study abroad, research, all those different areas that kind of coalesce together um, to come to give them direction about how to really pursue the things that they are passionate and excited about. And I think working with them in that space really gives me a lot of joy and excitement too. Yeah. And you just said a few things that are kind of interesting. Student clubs, study abroad, a lot of non-screen specific, non-lab specific things that you just mentioned. And I was wondering what it like when you're admitting students, it's not just were you really good at this particular test? Were you really good at this particular subject matter or your interests? It sounded like a very holistic take on who gets into who would be a really great engineering student. So if you could talk a little bit about that, I think that would be great. And also, I think maybe families would recognize some of the things about their students that you have also recognized in the admissions process. The, the University of Washington recognizes <clears throat> that we are educating the whole person. And, and that means mm-hmm. that you need to bring in students that are looking at the world and recognizing that we don't operate out of silos. And, and yes, engineering is a discipline that requires that you dig deep and, and it requires that you become technically proficient in skills around math and, 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 and science. But that's not just it. And, and, and it, if you think about the problems that we're trying to solve, which are fundamentally human problems, they're problems that relate mm-hmm. to us and our relationship with each other and a relationship with the world, we recognize that we need people that can come and solve the problem from the human perspective, that can recognize problems that people are having, and in particular, people that 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 may may not be at the forefront of, of what we're thinking about. We have members of society that, that are often ignored, and it means that there are problems that we're not aware of because we're not talking to everyone. So the, the college recognizes that we need all of the voices at the table and that we need people that have perspectives and backgrounds and experiences that can open our eyes to problems that we can go out there and solve to help people. And that requires that they have interests that go beyond just science, beyond Mm -hmm. math, that these are students that love music and love history and love philosophy and literature and art and society, that they see this as being the world that they live in. 
And that's how the university admits students. And that's where the college is just incredibly, incredibly lucky to be partnered with the university that believes in a holistic, broad education, including the liberal arts, including a relationship to society and the world. And, and that means then that the starting material that we have, so to speak, uh, are complete individuals and that we, we don't have to go and say, hey, hey, take, take a look over the fence and see if there are other things that interest you. They come with other interests, which is just just wonderful. And, and it is something that we think if, if we didn't have that opportunity to bring students in with a broad set of experiences, we would be a poorer college and we wouldn't be able to go out there and mm-hmm. solve the problems that the world needs us to go out and address. Yeah. That's great. I mean, what resonates with me when you just said thinking kind of about holistic and broad, right? And so can you tell us a little bit about thinking about holistic, thinking about broad interests, why the College of Engineering moved to direct to college for admissions? Yeah, this was this was a long conversation about really what does it mean to provide access to education. And and we are a public university. We are here to serve the public. And and part of that is to acknowledge that we need to have accessible pathways into our majors, into degrees like engineering. One thing that's happened over time is there has been increasing interest among students, among families, for their students to pursue careers that relate to engineering, relate to computer science in these spaces uh, that that are somewhat specialized and, and somewhat technical. The problem being is that that growth and interest was rapidly exceeding our ability to grow as a college. Growing means having physical space for students to conduct labs, uh, classrooms for the students to study in, faculty to teach these courses, staff to support and, and, and advise our students. And so we, we found ourselves over time in this position of wanting to make sure that we could provide opportunities for students to pursue engineering and not bring them into a space where they had to immediately compete for a seat at the table to pursue engineering. We want every student that arrives at the university to have the opportunity to pursue their interests. And for us in engineering, we saw that as the demand was growing faster than we could grow, that we were not able to provide that experience that we wanted to. And so we looked at this this notion of admitting students into a system that had more seats available than there were students coming in. So we could guarantee students this opportunity and we could ask them to challenge themselves, not not to look at their classes and worry about the grades they were going to get. We wanted them to worry about what they could learn and how they could grow and expand their knowledge and be better engineers as opposed to worrying about the grades to make sure they could get into their major. And so it was a long conversation and it was one that again, was was necessitated by our interest in supporting student success and supporting outcome. Now, and I'd love to, to actually ask Shanae, because Shanae sees this from the advising mm-hmm. side in, in supporting students and what it's like in an environment where students are nervous or, or, or feel like they're competing against each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, the shift um, to direct-to-college admissions and really just the opportunity to be bringing in an incoming cohort of students that are connected and our community, again, that piece around building a community mm-hmm. has been such a transformative shift in the college. So when I started in the college, it was the last year of the previous kind of admission model that was highly competitive, full of uncertainty, full of ambiguity. Um, students really taking these very rigorous courses um, and not at all studying together or trying to help one another. I think that's one of the big things that we've been able to emphasize more and more under this new kind of admission model is just really this idea that engineering is a team sport 
and that you need one another to be able to effectively solve problems and to support each other to be successful throughout just your undergraduate curriculum. And we want to cultivate a dynamic where students are seeing each other as future colleagues as well that they are going to be working with in the field. So um, this shift of being able to give students the certainty that they can pursue engineering um, has just been huge. Um, and I think also along those same lines, this kind of goes back to some of Dan's comments about you know, really educating the whole person. Students' mental health and well-being is the highest priority for us in the college along with their physical health and well-being. And um, you know, the ability to change the environment, change the culture, change the dynamic, and really get rid of that competitive edge and competitive nature of kind of that whole dynamic really allows us to also focus on making sure students are, again, are having a holistic experience where they're really maximizing their time at UW and not feeling like, oh my gosh, my GPA or certain grades in certain classes are gonna you know, make or break my entire future. Um, and so it's been really a huge positive thing to be able to make this shift. Thanks, Shanae. I really resonate and think about that that space around thinking about mental health, right, in competition yeah. and the role of competition. We have a lot of freshman students and transfer students that are competing to get into the University of Washington. To, so to have that answer and to be able to be caught by an academic community um, to say, like, everyone is here and we're actually working together, I think it's really important. Um, one question we might hear is a little bit around um, getting directly into an engineering major. I know that's come up before. Why am I not admitted directly to an engineering major versus be being admitted um, to the college? Uh, Chanae, did you want to share a little bit about what the rationale was yeah, about that? Too. So um, as Dan mentioned, you know, there were years and years of kind of conversations and research that sort of went into this whole process and this whole kind of reconfiguring, thinking about the admission model. And, you know, as you look across the landscape at institutions all across the country, um, you know, a, a solid proportion of them are doing kind of a direct to major approach. And then the other solid proportion are doing kind of a direct to college. And as we looked at our previous data, um, you know, from years past, when we would admit sometimes a small handful of students directly to departments, um, we found the retention of those students wasn't very high. That's, that's kind of one key thing. Another key thing is we find that many students, especially in high school, don't really know what all the options are that are even available to them um, in engineering. They're not familiar with all of the degree options and pathways. And I think this really stood out to us as a key equity issue. Uh, we're really aware that underserved student populations in particular have likely not had the same exposure and opportunities to engineering disciplines or hands-on engineering work. And so we really wanted to create a model in the college that again, emphasized community, emphasized exploration, um, really emphasized reflection on your experiences and led students to the place where they could really make an informed and thoughtful decision about the path that they wanted to pursue. So everything that we have designed um, kind of in the first year experience is all to that end. Um, we really value the idea that students' interests are going to shift and change. We think that's normal. We think that's a positive thing because as students are having new experiences, they're testing things out. And some things work for them and they're really excited and some things they go, mm, that actually is not for me. I'm gonna kind of pivot and try this other kind of flavor of engineering as we sometimes refer to it. 
So um, mm -hmm. because the UW offers such a wide array of different engineering pathways, it's really important for students to have that first year to kind of explore that um, before they're kind of honing in on um, areas of interest for them. Thanks for sharing that, Shanae. It's really good. We want to make sure that we are encouraging our future problem solvers to uh, expand and not have a very myopic view uh, of what type of problem that they want to, to solve or just that, that level of passion does shift and change. I know I did. I'm sure Dan did, Shanae did, Leanne did, everybody did. It, something that was really, really interesting that first year, you might get a little bit bored about it. It might just shift and change. Or through that exploration, there's another little niche thing that maybe catches your, uh, your imagination. Um, given that we're trying to talk about majors, I do want to mention that, that the College of Engineering talks about areas of impact, which I feel like helps with not just being so major-centric or one subject-centric when it comes to following your degree path. And I'd love to hear uh, more about what those areas of impact are um, from Dan. Yeah, you know, I, I keep on coming back to asking mm -hmm. your student what are the problems in the world that yeah. they want to be part of the solution for. And, and this was really inspiring for us to think about how we can reframe conversation around major, which was not to use this notion that the title of your degree necessarily defines where you're going to have an impact on the world. And, and in looking at it through that lens, we realized that there were clear themes that we can look at. And these themes are by no means uh, in, in inclusive of every problem that there is to solve out there. But we, we focused around air and space. Uh, this is an obvious one that inspires a lot of engineers. Uh, computing, data, digital technology, another space that's very timely right now, and especially during this time of, of COVID as we have been reliant on digital technology. But also the environment, sustainability, and energy is a huge topic for the future. Health and medicine inspires so many students, including where I came from and looking at, at human health and medical need, but also infrastructure, transportation, society, the, the, the roads and bridges and design of our cities, uh, and then robotics and manufacturing. These are, these are spaces that, that really allow you to frame where is it that you want to go and have an impact. And it allows us to have a conversation with a student that gets beyond definitions that sometimes are not clear. If you, if you go to a student that may have graduated from a school that wasn't talking about engineering, it, it may not be immediately apparent to a student what you're asking when you say, what major do you want to pursue? We have, we have degree programs, incredibly exciting and impactful degree programs in industrial engineering, in human-centered design and engineering that many of our students will not have been exposed to previously. But actually, when you get down to what the problems are, that they want to solve, they relate directly to these majors that they hadn't previously heard of. So as opposed to struggling with definitions and trying to help the students learn about degree programs and titles, we say, no, 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 rewind, pause. What in the world is a problem that you want to fix? And how can we connect these areas of impact to the degree options that we have? Because what we've discovered, and this is no, no surprise, is that every one of these areas of impact require all of our engineering disciplines to come together to address the current challenges that we face. We are, we are no longer facing simple problems. We are facing hard, complex problems that require disciplines to collaborate, to interface, 
interdisciplinarity is the future mm-hmm. of, of really all of industry and technology. And so when we're talking to students, then we can help them understand that, okay, your interest is in air and space. That's fantastic. Do you understand that air and space today requires material scientists, chemical engineers, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, industrial and systems engineers, in addition to aeronautical engineers? And that we can show that right now employment in these in these sectors require that you have engineers coming in from all of these disciplines, that our employers are looking for all of these disciplines to solve the problems that we have. And it allowed us just to completely reframe the conversation and and not to worry about definitions that that may not have been there or may not have been clear and we're talking past each other. So we've just found it a much more exciting framework to discuss what problems students want to solve. That's great. It's always helpful to think about kind of what the big picture is. Sometimes when we come in to college, we're just so micro-focused on getting the classes right but not thinking about, okay, so what does this all mean? How do I put all the pieces together? Um, And it sounds like you all are doing that in a really insightful and interesting way. Um, Shanae, I know that there is this thing called eFigs and EPE, Engineering Peer Educators. Can you share a little bit of what that program is um, and how they support students thinking about kind of these areas um, in their first year in these areas of mm-hmm. impact. Can you share a little bit yeah, about that? Yeah, so I know it's like I've mentioned, um, sort of our philosophical approach to really helping students go through an intentional exploration process, but we've also worked really hard to build the infrastructure to support students kind of through that process so that it's clear to them how they can move through, have different experiences, and really make meaning of the experiences that they do have. And so one key element to that is um, at the start of every incoming first year students, first year in their fall quarter, all students register for an engineering first year interest group, or as we call it, an EFIG. We do love our acronyms at UW, so we've got plenty of those. But um, all students will register for and complete an EFIG. And your EFIG is a cluster of courses. So um, at the most sort of bare bones, it includes Engineering 101, which is Engineering Exploration, and that's connected to a Gen Studies 199 university community. And the way that Engineering 101 works is it's actually an opportunity for the entire cohort of students to be together. So we're talking like 800, 850 students are all seeing each other, you know, having the opportunity to kind of be connected, build that identity as an engineering student, as a part of Mm -hmm. the college, and what does that really mean? And um, the course is organized around the different areas of impact. So each week, students hear from industry, alumni, faculty, um, just sort of leaders in those particular spaces. And um, what's really fun about it is oftentimes as we bring those folks in, you know, they share Um, their experiences that have kind of led them to this point, what work they're doing that's directly connected to that area of impact, and then we generally have the students guess which major that person actually completed um, Mm, as part of their kind of career experience and undergraduate experience, and there's often lots of jaw-dropping, you know, sort of reactions (laughs) as um, the actual answer is revealed. And so it's a really powerful way for students to understand, you know, that your career experience is a journey and not a destination, 
There are many different facets of engineering that are very intricately interwoven and many different pathways that can then lead you to some of your initial goals that you're thinking about right now. And it makes that really concrete and tangible and um, gives them some role models and um, just some connection points. We're really lucky because the folks that we've cultivated to come into Engineering 101 really care about students, really want to help students in their journey. And so they um, you know, always share their contact information with students. They're always like happy to connect with them in a personal, you know, kind of one-on-one -on -one manner after the fact. Um, I think that really speaks to the College of Engineering community broadly. And even that folks, you know, who have gone on after their experience still want to turn around and, and give back. So students are involved in that large kind of course experience. But we know like that's not enough for them to come and just listen and get some information and um, you know, kind of take that in, we want to make sure that they are actively and thoughtfully reflecting on that information and really thinking about how it resonates with them. And so their opportunity to do that is in the Gen Studies 199. That course um, is only 24 students. So it's a very kind of small class experience and it's led by their engineering peer educator who is a continuing engineering student. Um, and we have EPEs, we've got about 50 EPEs generally each year um, from all across the college, from all of the different um, majors and departments. And they're all different levels, sophomore through senior. Um, and they go through a really robust training program to um, be ready to work with your incoming first year students. And they all look back and remember where they were when you know it was their opportunity to be a first year student. And so they're, they're kind of doing two things. They're both helping students make meaning of what happens in their Engineering 101 in sort of a discussion mm -hmm. style format, but they're also providing a lot of that like social and cultural capital to what it looks like to just transition to college, how to navigate, how to be successful in STEM courses, you know, how to talk to your professors, uh, what sheets to buy for your dorm. I mean, all of the things are all connected to how they're trying to really make that transition a smooth one. So it's a really nice way for the continuing students to sort of pass the baton to the incoming group and sort of welcome them to the college and kind of keep building that college culture that just sort of feeds um, amongst itself. And then we often have many students, of course, who want to be an engineering peer educator as a result of, you know, working with their EPE. So it kind Ooh, of yeah. all, all feeds together. Oh my gosh, thanks so much for sharing that, Sinead. That is a really great culture of dogs helping dogs, <laughs> huskies helping huskies. Um, trying to it. get, yeah, we, we have to try to get them off of there. I'm going to do this all on my own, um, which is a wonderful way um, for you to go through this very academically rigorous experience. Uh, you got to do it together. Um, and I also wanted to mention, Shanae has been a really wonderful partner for myself and for Leanne when we have families that are kind of in need or, or kind of in need of, of figuring out what is currently happening with their student with something as rigorous and as engaged as engineering. Um, and I was hoping that as we kind of round out our episode, um, what would you suggest, this is for both of you, how do they support their students besides reaching out to Leanne or myself and, <laughs> and, and working with you, but as you see, as you meet these, these first year students year after year, what and how, have, uh, fam how can families support them? 
you know, Shanae, on the advising side, interacting with students, mm-hmm. I think, can really speak to to how how they can support them emotionally and 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 in this mm-hmm. social environment they find themselves in. On on the academic side and the connection to their interests and passions, you know, I encourage families to interact with their student in terms of what is that problem that that inspires you what motivates you what gets you out of bed what is it that in the world that you see that you want to fix that can sustain you because an engineering degree is going to be rigorous it should be challenging it should push you intellectually into a new sphere that's the that's the intent but you need to have something that will carry you through you need to have something you can hold on to because not every student loves math or loves the science but most, if not all, students will have something out there that just is burning in them. They want to go mm-hmm. out and they want to contribute to something. And I encourage families to help the student discover that and hold on to it. Oh, that sounds great. Sinead, you have, we're going to give you the last word, Leanne, too. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's so many things I want to say, I think, in this space. I mean, I just... I think ways that parents and families can be supporting their students is one, continuing to affirm what I was talking about earlier in terms of breaking down Mm -hmm. the pressures around grades because I know students were focused for so long on getting into the UW, you know, really working to achieve that goal and it's just hard to kind of make that shift a little bit to recognizing some of that pressure is off. So as much Mm -hmm. as I think parents and families can kind of help with that, I think connected to that You know, another huge reason that we made this shift to direct to college admission is we wanted students to have a robust four-year engineering experience. So that means meaningful experiences outside of the classroom, which again is connected to you don't need to spend all of your time studying. It's really okay. We've really designed a system where as long as you are passing your courses, you are going to be able to continue to pursue engineering. (laughs) So there's no need to, you know, put all of your focus only in your academics. So really want to encourage um, students to have meaningful experiences outside of the classroom. And then the last thing I just want to say um, is I know that this is a really big transition for parents, for families, for the students themselves. It's kind of an opportunity to redefine a little bit of what that relationship looks like and um, how to kind of keep communication going and how to rethink some communication um, once you know your son or daughter um, is active at the institution and kind of taking their next steps. And I just really want to assure parents and families that this infrastructure that I'm describing um, in terms of the eFig, for example, is really designed mm-hmm. so that we will know how every single incoming first year student is doing in that first quarter in particular. Like there is a support system and a network. The EPEs are connected to the advisors. The advisors are assigned to the students. We have built a thoughtful web of support. So I just wanna reassure you that it's normal for students to struggle a little bit as they're kind of adapting, but that we have really tried to think in advance of that and be proactive and um, that your student will be really cared for and will be seen and is not going to fall through the cracks. Even though it's a huge institution, we've created a small community and college experience here. I echo both of those statements, especially around thinking about how to find your community um, and not waiting for involvement or engagement. I was just talking to a first year student a couple of days ago and they said, oh, these are the clubs I'm gonna join in fall. And I said, why didn't you do it You know, now? And they're like, I had to study. I have to study for the first year and then <laughs> next year I'll do it. And I'm like, just 
get on the listserv now so you can have some friends this summer. You know, so think about um, taking some action now. And then I would just say to parents and families, it's okay that it might feel a little bit uneasy um, because as much as this is a transition for your son or daughter, this is also a transition for you. Mm-hmm. So um, please let us know how we can help. We love listening to stories. And if you need to vent, we are here to hear it. So, um, yeah, Jana, what's up? What's up next? I think that's it. You I think you've just invited a bunch of families to come and help vent. So <laughs> you welcome to my world, people. <laughs> welcome to my world. Well, I hope this has been extremely helpful for our families uh, that will be supporting their engineering student for the first year. And also, um, we hope you got a chance to understand some of the um, thoughts, the process, and also the people that are really here to help make this year successful. Um, you have four folks here that are that are your partners um, and, uh, in making your students successful. So thanks so much. And thanks to Sinead, Dan, and my new co-host, Leanne, for joining us for our Husky Huddle Up podcast. Stay safe and huddle up with your Husky. Bye. The Husky Huddle Up series is a collaboration between the University of Washington first-year programs and parent and family programs to provide parents and families equitable access to information in support of their student success. The Husky Huddle Up is produced by John In, a senior in the UW Foster School of Business.